0: All right, hey, good afternoon. Uh, Gabe DeArm and Gerard Hamilton here. I hit the live button too late, so you got no countdown. So, hey, the show has started. Here we are, Power Mizzou, live on a Wednesday afternoon. We are going to preview uh, Missouri and Vanderbilt in the, uh, what we will call the 13th place game in the Southeastern Conference this weekend. Uh, We're going to have Chris Lee from VandySports.com join us momentarily. If you guys have comments and questions, feel free to put those in the queue. We will get to those momentarily. Uh, Before we do that, we always take care of paying a few bills, and we do that by making you guys aware of James Carlton State Farm Insurance, carltoninsurance.net. The phone number is 314-961-4800 for the – Octogenarians, Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Carlton Insurance. You can find him there. Uh, basically, any insurance need you might have, James Carlton, happy to take care of it. Call him; you're going to get a live person. You're going to talk to one of James's eight team members, and he can do anything you need him to do, including hopefully save you money on insurance. If you tell him you heard about it on Power Mizzou, he's going to donate $20 to Advancing Missouri Athletes, the Mizzou NIL Collective. We've got Chris Lee waiting uh, in, in our green room here. We will bring him in momentarily, but... Before we do that, Gerard, uh, any uh, great thoughts after the bye week? Anything that that absolutely has to be shared with the people? Uh,
1: not, not really. I think we're going to get into everything. Uh, I, I will say the, I guess a minor note on the SEC teleconference. Uh, Drinkwitz noted that Elijah Young should be back this week. He's practicing and. They're doing special teams work today, so they're try, trying to determine if he'll be one of those returners for this Saturday. But besides that, nothing that immediately jumps off in my head. Yeah, Missouri
0: getting back close to full health for this matchup, and uh, we're going to talk about this matchup, the clearly the biggest game in the Southeastern Conference this weekend with our friend Chris Lee from VandySports.com, who is now on the left-hand side of your screen. And uh, Chris – Uh, We have joked offline, and and I commented at the beginning of the show, the 13th place SEC trophy is getting shined up. It will be on location in Columbia, Missouri. It's just a matter of which locker room it goes to on Saturday afternoon.
2: Uh, This is all true. I can't dispute any of that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Appreciate you joining us, man. And uh, Look, in all seriousness... Um, for the Missouri fans that are watching. I'm going to give you my impression of this Vanderbilt team, and and you tell me if if I'm close or or if I'm way off. Obviously, we know what Clark Lee took over. It was a – like calling it a rebuilding project isn't quite fair. Um, It was a complete ground-up renovation. My impression is he's got some of the skill position guys that he may need to start to compete. It's probably – I think anytime you're trying to rebuild, especially in this league, the quarterback, the skill position guys probably come first. It takes a little longer to get the guys in the trenches, and that's probably what Vandy doesn't have at this point. Is that fair?
2: Yeah, I don't think that's far off. Look, I made this point a couple of weeks ago, and and the offense did not play well against Georgia. But heading into the Georgia game, they are averaging 34 points and change. Their special teams, according to the FEI ratings, were were number fifteen. I think they're still around there. You know, they hadn't missed a field goal all year. They've got one of the better punters in the country, but when you look at them on paper, it, the, the defense has been so blindingly bad, it's sort of taken that all away. Um, you know, and look when you're when you're Vandy and it's as bad as it's been, which it's been twenty four losses in a row uh, we both remember the last time yes Vanderbilt won an SEC game I say 24 losses in a row and in case people haven't paid attention Vanderbilt has beaten Hawaii and Northern Illinois both on the road and, and beat Elon so they've they're not winless but it's been a while since they won in the league and and yeah it has been a better team I think and I'm gonna sound like I'm making excuses for him and that him and I'm or them and I'm not um I think when you play Georgia, Alabama and Ole Miss back to back to back, two of those on the road in your Vanderbilt, I think the cumulative effect of that when there's the talent gap is it's more than just who you are. It's like the the total annihilation of, of confidence. They played well at times when they're not playing the cream of the crop and I think the question is can they find that team that's played well at times or are they the team that just got its its soul destroyed? In those three games,
1: I see that uh, Vandy is 72nd in scoring offense. I want to know just how much of that is inflated stats versus Hawaii and uh, I think it was Northern Illinois and Northern Illinois and those teams, and how much of that is kind of them having those position players and kind of getting better on on uh, that facet of things.
2: Uh, it it's both, Jared. I mean, they, they scored 63 against Hawaii. Two of those were defensive touchdowns. Um yeah they scored what, 38 against Northern Illinois and and 42 or whatever against Elon. Um you know but I mean Alabama and Georgia just again uh, annihilated them but you, you you look if you watch them AJ Swan guys is a really good quarterback. Like mm-hmm. th- they're going to be some teams that are going to come after him in the portal or or pre-portal, I'm sure um that, 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 that does, does not happen in college football chris Come. On. i mean we 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 hear about it um <laughs> you know some say that's a reality they've got will shepherd uh who wears number 14 is a really good receiver and they've got a kid named jaden mcgowan um who when he's not fumbling it um is basically a threat to go from from any point on the field he's like a four two four three forty guy and he scored some long touchdowns uh, they've got ray davis who's a durable and competent running back in their line's been better than I thought it's been. Um, again, Georgia and Alabama just did what, what they did. But w- when you've watched them at times, they, they do have some pieces. And, and like you look back at the last couple of years, and there were times you couldn't really say that much at all. Mm-hmm. Gabe Diarmond Gerard
0: Hamilton here with Chris Lee. And want to invite you guys again, uh, if you've got questions, comments, put those in the queue. And we will get to them after we talk with Chris on the second half of the show. Um, You know, Chris, this game, Missouri fans hate to hear this, but I I think it's true. You tell me if it's not, if you're a Vanderbilt fan at the beginning of this season, if you're saying, look, we got to break this at the time, 21 game, now 24 game SEC losing streak. Like, We know we're probably not going to go 500 in this league, but we got to find one. This is the one Vanderbilt probably pointed to. I I mean, Mm -hmm. do you think there's any, I, I don't know, for lack of a better term, kind of circling this one on the calendar, Vanderbilt going, hey, if we bring an A effort, if we bring one of our better games, this is where we can break that streak.
2: Well, yeah. There, there's two things, right? First of all, when Vanderbilt won its last SEC game, it had lost 34 to 10 to a UNLV you know, team that was so bad it fired its coach um, right. after the season. And, and look, um, Missouri was five and zero at the time. I still don't know how Vanderbilt won that game, but it did.
0: Five, so five and one.
2: They, they had lost to Wyoming in the season opener, but they had bounced Oh, okay. Back. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. but it was it was. Look, it was yeah. pretty lopsided on paper coming in. Um, I think number two, I think the games that you circled, if you're Vanderbilt, saying are you know can they steal one somewhere? It's Missouri, which part of that was that went to what the final five minutes a year ago, and it was still anybody's ball game at that point. And the other one, South Carolina, which they led Carolina with under a minute to play, they let Carolina literally go the length of the field for the game-winning touchdown. But Carolina's also got some kind of hex over them. They haven't beaten Carolina since it's either oh seven or o eight. and of course they play every year being that they're in the east. So I think if you look at it, say, well, whatever the thing against is against Carolina, they just can't get over that. Missouri would be the the logical choice. i'm I'm not saying that Carolina is better than Missouri. The computers say they are. I, I don't know the truth. they'll they'll play and they'll settle it. But yeah, I mean, I think for those reasons, I think that's a, a fair way to put it.
1: Do you think it being homecoming for uh, Missouri is playing up in, in Vandy's mind as another, I guess, motivational factor to, to come in here and try to get a W? You know, they always talk
2: about they play against themselves and look for their best effort. But that's the stuff that coaches say in press conferences. If I'm if I'm a coach, I play it up. I mean, look, you've got to do something to shift the, the focus from what you just did to – you know we're being disrespected. Those kind—I mean, as if coaches ever play those games, Gabe. Um, right, right. You know, I—I I think, yeah. I mean, why not? Um, but you know, it's there are a lot of people's homecoming. Uh, that, you know, I, I don't know what the record for homecoming <laughs> games is in the SEC, but they've probably got it. So, right. it's not—it's not a spot they haven't been in before.
0: Well, it, that's the funny thing, Chris. You and I grew up when you could kind of pick homecoming because every game was like you got to set your own kickoff times because you were maybe on TV once a year. Now you don't really get to pick homecoming anymore. It's kind of dictated by who the SEC says you're playing when you only have a couple choices. It, it fell maybe on a, a good game for Missouri, but you, we talked a little earlier about the Vandy offense and, and that's probably the strength of this team. The matchup in this game that probably is important is the, Movable force versus the resistible object, and that is Missouri's very bad offense against Vanderbilt's maybe even worse defense. Uh, yeah. 130th, I think, in the country in pass defense and overall defense, 129th in scoring. Uh, Missouri's offense, like we have documented their woes from every angle possible over the last seven weeks. Um, I've said, look, if Missouri can't score 30 this week, then this offense just can't score 30 and it's broken and it's not going to get fixed this year. What What's the issue on Vanderbilt's defense? Is it as simple as, look, they just don't have enough talent yet?
2: I, I think it's everything you can think of. It's They don't <laughs> have enough pass rush. Um, they, they don't have elite talent in the secondary, to say say it mildly. I don't think their scheme is great. I'm not an X's and O's guy. But when you scheme to keep stuff in front of you and you were leading the SEC in completion percentage against you by a pretty good margin last <laughs> I checked, and you're giving up like plays of 70, 60, 50 yards in bunches every game. I mean, d- do one or the other. you know get get stops or get turnovers, get something, but, but don't get beat shallow don't not get interceptions and don't get beat deep every game. They are somehow managing to do all three of those. Um, it is, I, I hate to use this, but I cannot remember a worse pass defense ever. And I think part of pass defense is getting a pass rush, right. And getting sacks. Right. I, I know Arkansas has gotten a lot of attention for being bad. Vanderbilt is Arkansas's to another power based on what I've seen. Um, I think at some point they've been so bad they almost have to play better by default. But um, I don't know, man. This this might be a get well game for Missouri's passing, it's, given the way this season has gone for them. It is it, it has been really hard to find hope in the way they play defense against the pass. It's going to be a get well game for somebody. We we just right. don't know which
0: whether it's Vandy's pass defense or Missouri's offense.
2: Does, yeah does well we- and for the record I don't think Missouri's that bad I mean I, I know that they're, they're 13 in the SEC but I've watched them play um they're a lot better on defense than they were oh, yeah. offensively it's not the best unit I've seen but I mean this is this is still a team that could get to a bowl I mean I, I know it I know it seems bad where you sit but um yes. you know I've, I've seen bad football and and I don't think Missouri's it- a, a bad team.
1: Does Vandy have any advantages going into this game that you can say? You know, this this is where they have to kind of lock in and make sure they have no issues uh, this Saturday.
2: Well, I, I think they've got the better quarterback. Um, again, how that translates, I don't know. AJ Swan can't play against his own secondary, um, so that that kind of evens out a little bit. And and I don't mean I don't mean to be catty, but it's just it's just been it, it's hard to fathom how bad it's been. We like caddy for the record. We we right. appreciate caddy and snarky on this show. Well, you you at least get candid, but um yeah. – and this is gonna sound that they've got a they've got a phenomenal punter. So in a game where flipping the field could be big. I mean, I, I think that um if they didn't rugby kick and have to, to do some other things to, to take up for coverage, they may have the best punter of the country. He's got a bazooka of a leg um you know joseph bullfuss had missed a field goal or hadn't missed a kick of any type until last week against alabama now missouri's got a a pretty darn good kicker in its own right but i mean again this this is the team in in spite of the record in spite of where you look at where they're on the computers they've got some pieces which they haven't had I'm, i'm just not sure um if they're good enough to go into columbia and to win
0: We've got a uh, question from from one of our guys watching. Michael wants to know, given the day that Mike Wright had last year, do you see any possibility of Vandy using two quarterbacks this weekend? Or is this completely A.J. Swan's team now, and Mike Wright's going to be in the transfer portal somewhere at the end of the year?
2: Well, it's Swan's team. But – and and look, he is – A.J. Swan – is, is a very gifted kid. Um, another service put out its freshman All-American team today. He was on there. Uh, if you watched him play, he's really good. Mike Wright, if you watched him at camp, just could not throw the ball with any consistency. Um, I think the coaches were waiting for a door to open for Swan to take the job, which Mike Wright gave them. By the way, he played in the weight game and then by his reaction when he got pulled. Um, I think Wright playing right now is as much of anything – Vandy's really thin at running back. They've got two scholarship running backs healthy for this game that I know. Uh, they might have a third in Chase Gillespie, but I doubt it. Ray Davis is getting worked a lot. I think what they're doing with Swan is more of like, a, okay, we don't have – excuse me, with Wright is more of a – they don't have depth at running back. I don't think they want to give Davis – 30 touches every game. This, to me, is a way to ease the pressure by basically putting a running back behind center, even though he's a quarterback, and and do that. I think that's probably how he's going to get used going forward, and that's basically how he's been used since they gave Swan
1: the job. That game versus Ole Miss that that, that Swan had, I think he played 27 to 38 or something around that range, a couple touchdowns over 200-something yards. Is that game more – of an anomaly or is that like a glimpse of the future for Vanderbilt going forward with him?
2: Oh, I think it's a glimpse of the future. Um, You, you could see the talent that he had in camp. You don't you, you don't cover a lot of guys who come in as true freshmen and can throw the ball 60 yards in there and hit a kid in the numbers. I've covered two of them at Vandy. The other was Jay Cutler. Uh, and there's a lot of similarities between those kids. Swan's not as good an athlete. But the arm strength is very, very comparable. And accuracy at this point is probably better. Um, again, I think that gets obscured a lot by what's around him. But he is a a very, very talented kid. And, and, um, and, and I'll tell you what, if, if you want to see him in his best, there's a play out there. They played Northern Illinois. They're down two touchdowns in the second half. They're on the road. It's fourth and four. He starts to go right. They're on the NIU 30. He gets flushed. He circles back the other way, goes against his body, and throws the ball 40 yards in the air. He's got a window of about 18 inches to hit. He hits his running back in stride just where it needed to be thrown inside, just enough to be in bounds. It was an NFL-type throw. He makes those kind of plays, and to see a kid do that in his first start on the road in a spot where they were down, I think that's the play that got everybody excited, and it should have, cause he is, he is a very, very talented kid.
0: Well, the comparisons to Jay Cutler, I will anxiously await AJ Swan's reality show. I will check that out at some point <laughs> right. in the future. Um, but I, look, I, I think we've squeezed every drop we can out of this football game. Chris, I want to wrap up with you real quick. Uh, I know you do a lot of SEC stuff and, and, and do a lot of stuff with other sports. Uh, we've got Drew King down at SEC media days today. Uh, for basketball i want to ask you about kind of the outlook in nashville on that front um i think you just sent me something a couple days ago vanderbilt extended jerry stackhouse's contract uh i don't caught me off guard a little bit i i i'm not saying he should be fired or anything i was just surprised by that but but what's the outlook uh in basketball for vandy
2: yeah, I mean, I think that caught everybody off guard. He's got 13 <laughs> SEC wins in, in three years and had three years left on his deal. Um, oh, well. they'll. I think they'll be okay. I think they will be an NIT-level team. Whether there's enough wins in the league to get them there, I, I don't know. The league is brutal this year. Uh, the program you cover, in my mind, got a lot better uh, mm-hmm. and, and could sneak in. I, I think you've got – I don't know, you got 10, 11, 12 teams in the league that if things go right could get into the league. I think they'll be better. I don't know that the scoring is going to be there without Scottie Pippen Jr. Stackhouse is trying to remake them into kind of a defense and grinding first team. And he's done some, some good things with that. But will they have enough points, you know, to, to beat the Kentuckys, the, the Tennessees, the Alabamas, the Auburns? I don't know if there's enough scoring punch. Um, but they're not going to be awful. Uh, and, and that's certainly changed from where they've, they've come, so there's that. Yeah, uh, Chris, appreciate
0: your time. I, I said that was the last one. We did get a viewer question for you. Somebody <laughs> wants to know, does Vanderbilt's
2: quarterback want to come play for Missouri? So any insight there? I think that's the question the coaches have got to be asking themselves. <laughs> I mean, this is the – I think this is a nightmare for everybody, right? You you recruit yeah. your guys, and you have to keep recruiting them when they're on campus. I mean, right. look, he's going to get – look – uh, yeah, he may go to Missouri and throw five picks this weekend. That mm-hmm. uh, doesn't change the found the fact that he's very talented and is out there on film, and I think that's one that that probably keeps Clark Lee up at night.
0: Yeah. Well, Chris, appreciate it, man. always enjoy catching up with you. Uh, come Saturday at 6.30, somebody's going to be work, number
2: 13. <laughs> that's right. That's There's always a silver lining. <laughs> All right, buddy. We'll talk to you. Thank, thank you. All right. That is Chris Lee from Vandy
0: in, in all seriousness, like we joke, but he, he does a, a great job covering Vanderbilt. And uh, look, even in seasons that maybe aren't what people expect, it's, it's our jobs to, to stay on top of, of the programs we follow every single day. And, uh, and he does a good job of that at Vanderbilt. Like I, Gerard, just from the Missouri perspective, I called this on Monday morning, the most, the biggest game that Eli Drinkwitz has ever coached at Missouri and, it's like I understand that that makes people mad. You don't want the biggest game you've ever coached to be against a team that hasn't won a, an SEC game in three years in year three. But, I mean, the, the alternative here, the, the the implications of what happens with the loss, like Missouri can't lose this game.
1: No, it can't. It, it's simple. It's This game is in the same room as the Abilene Christian in the uh, La Tech games far as like one with the similarities with La Tech is obviously that was the first game of the year so they didn't have anything before that they're coming off a bye this week against a you know opponent as Chris said coming off of losses versus three really good teams I mean they've got to beat this team and then the comparison to Evelyn Christian is I mean we all know Vanderbilt's an SEC team are they an athletically an SEC team Right. We know what the answer is to that, so they have to, they have to impose their will, and they definitely have to win. But they definitely should win big. Is is my thought?
0: That would be nice. I mean, I th- I think it's telling that. Look, I, I you can't really make an argument that Missouri is anything but number thirteen in the SEC right now because they lost to Auburn, which is probably number twelve, and they lost to Florida, which is probably about number ten. But I I think it's telling that even though everybody knows Missouri's number 13, they're a two touchdown favorite over number 14, right? That's, that's the gap here, but flip side, this is not a Missouri team. That's good enough to just show up and roll its helmet out and beat anybody. Uh, here's what I'm interested in. And then we'll get to, to viewer questions and comments here in a minute. But what I'm interested in coming off the bye week like Eli Drinkwitz was pretty, uh, open and pretty self-critical in fall camp and leading up to the season. He said last year, he thought he went into a bunker mentality calling plays and he had to open it up and trust his team and all that. Well, after these six weeks, I think the smart thing is to watch him do the same thing again for the last six weeks, because I know it's boring and I know it will make people mad, but the way this team can win games is to hand the ball to Nate Pete and and, to Cody Schrader and to be very conservative on offense and to limit possessions and to let the defense do its thing and try to win games 17 to 14 and 20 to 17. Like I know it's not where you want to be program wise, but if the goal is to, to win six and get to a bowl game, I think that's the only way you really do it.
1: That makes sense. I just, the only thing that's holding me back from 100% agreeing with you is just the the run blocking. They are not, I mean, they're not a great blocking team regardless, but it seems like great. in the pass blocking, they're, they're just a little bit better. Now, obviously, when you bring in pass blocking, you're bringing in Brady Cook and throwing the ball in the intermediate range above 10 yards and things like that. But Drink you know, noted this. You asked the question as far as like they'll get you know, 15, 20-yard runs or whatever next play, minus six, minus three yards. So the run game, while, yes, they should give it to Pete and stuff, I don't think they can – completely go that way just because of the penalties, the tackles for loss, and things like that and how the run blocking is. But they definitely have to try to edge out these 17-14 wins and let the defense carry them.
0: Yeah, because I guess my response to that is, yeah, the penalties are bad, the negative runs are bad. They're better than interceptions and pick sixes, which is what has been happening when Missouri throws the ball. So I I guess I'm just approaching it as – Look, this is not a team that's going to go beat anybody 35-31. I mean, this is a defense that in three SEC games has given up 14 points effectively in all three. But because of the mistakes the offense is making, has given up more because the offense keeps putting them in bad spots. I would just, like, it's bad football to watch. It's not going to get anybody excited for the future, but I, I just think... You just try to eliminate as many mistakes as you can, and if that means handing the ball off forty-five times, so be it. But if if games get to twenty-four in this league, Missouri can't win them.
1: That is true. um, That is true. But I do think. I mean, I've been looking at this, a little packet that we get throughout the week. I mean, Vanderbilt is one hundred thirtieth in pass defense, and Brady Cook doesn't. This is his second opportunity. I this always, is it, man. Yeah. yeah. Was, was it Abilene Christian that he had 292 yards? Uh, I think it may have been. It may have yeah. been. I, I can't. I'm not sure. But he needs to have another similar performance. I mean, this team's total defense uh, 129th, allowing 493 yards a game. I mean, it, somebody, quarterback, running back, somebody needs to have a big day. I mean, a I, non- I mean.
0: Missouri should score 30 this week. There's no question. If they, they don't to. score 30, they there's the, yeah, it, it's broken and, and it's not going to... And I'll be honest, one one more point before we get to the questions. Like, so they just came off this bye week midway through the season. And the bye week is, look, you do a lot of self-scouting. You do a lot of things. And the, the answer is always execution, right? What's wrong? Well, we didn't execute. Yes. But outside of that, like, I don't know if there are fixes on this team. I mean, part of the reason you don't execute is because you're not good enough. I I mean, he's playing, in his opinion, the best quarterback he has. We'll get to this in a minute. I don't think that's going to change. The receivers are the best guys he has. He can't bring in, there's no trade deadline. He's not getting another offensive lineman or another tight end. I think this offense kind of is what it is. I I just don't know if there are fixes. And, And like he said yesterday, Look, you don't just change what you do. It's not like we're sitting here going, oh, well, here's a new thing we've never tried on offense. Let's try this in week seven. I mean, that's not how it works. So other than just playing better, I don't know if there's an answer and I don't know if you can play better when, look, this is what you have, man.
1: Yeah, it's going to be play calling and it's going to be execution on the offense. And I think something else to note is Uh, Martez Manuel told us right before the bye last week at some point that the morale defensively was just a little wasn't as high as it's been just because, you know, like you said, they've only allowed 14 points to SEC opponents and they're still losing. I think Missouri, another reason why they have to win big is they got to keep that confidence level up because we've Mm -hmm. kind of talked about it and hinted about it. You know, if they lose or if this game is even just really close, the defense is going to one it's coming hyped. man yeah they're, it's gonna, coming. they're emotionally going to get drained and physically going to get drained because they're still on the field all the time and I think the defense I bet in their mind they're thinking it's Vanderbilt we can hold them blah blah blah. if they have to be on the field a lot because they're because Missouri's offense is punting a whole lot and they're tired versus Vanderbilt it's going to make the rest of the schedule a lot more difficult
0: yeah no fingers being pointed yet but look it. It's it's a it's a week away. It's always a week away. Um, so let's let's get to, to comments and questions uh, real quick. Colby Schneider's uh, knows yesterday was the recruiting show, but Marvin Burks, uh, kid out of Cardinal Ritter, is committing on Friday. Do you still believe it's Ole Miss? I'm gonna be honest, we don't know. Nobody we've talked to knows. Ole Miss. Uh, I've talked to some people down there, cautiously optimistic. Missouri is hopeful. Uh, from people I've talked to here, nobody knows where the kid's going. He's kept a pretty tight lid on it. Again, it'll be Friday afternoon and one way or another, obviously we'll, we'll have some, we'll let you guys know what's happening. If we find out before we can, we will. Um, if we decide it's worth us driving to St. Louis to cover, we will, we don't know if that's going to be the case right now. We, we got no idea where he's going. Um, Kyle McCormick wants to know, what freshmen do you think we see more of in the second half of the season? Will there be any besides the ones who have already played a decent amount in Burden, Membo, and Miller?
1: Mm, not that I not that I can really just jump on. I mean, when Drink was asked about Tavares Jones earlier, he, uh, he didn't really give an answer. You yeah. know, he answered the part about Elijah Young, but he didn't. Mention anything about Tavoris Jones, Sam Horn? That's I. We we got
0: another question about
1: that. Yeah, I would say I I don't know about that one.
0: Yeah, well, and and I kind of asked Blake Baker. You know, this this past week, the bye week was a lot about young guys, and I asked him yesterday, "Hey, are there any guys that you could see maybe kind of working their way into more playing time in the second half?" And he basically said, "Not unless there's an injury, like." our rotation set, man, we're playing well. And, and they're not going to mess with that. So barring an injury, I don't really think we see any more freshmen than we've seen. I mean, burden and McKay Miller have already burned the red shirt Armand Mimbo. If he hasn't, I think he, I think he has played in four games. The next game he plays in will will burn his red shirt. So I think it's, it's really those guys. Um, and, and that's probably it that you're going to see burning red shirts from this class. So carried by dad says time to see horn should good should be a good week unless it's not so i'm just going to start this off i don't expect sam horn to play in this game unless missouri's up 30
1: yeah i agree i don't think this isn't a thing where you know brady starts the first half and then sam gets the i don't unless they're up a lot or unfortunately for them down a lot <laughs> sam horn is not going to be you know touching the field yeah. if well, uh,
0: if they're down a lot it's going to be like the whole thing if a tree falls in the forest and it doesn't make a noise is anybody like if sam horn plays and they're trailing vanderbilt by 31 points is anybody going to know cuz nobody's still going to be there
1: oh <laughs> uh, yeah that's that's i think it's going to be a similar to the abilene christian thing where i don't know if they put them away how they like or maybe i also think Drake wants them to learn how to finish teams off. So maybe even if they're up big, they still keep them in. If, if they're up 20 or something, they still keep them in in the fourth quarter for whatever reason, just so they can kind of get like, this is how you're supposed to seal teams off and not let comebacks or whatever happen.
0: Yeah. And, and this is a thing like, look guys, I know people have asked like three days in a row. Well, how come nobody's asking him who's going to start a quarterback? Cause we know who's going to start a quarterback. Brady cook is going to start a quarterback. If there was some question about that, we would certainly be asking. But we just asked last week, and he basically said, look, we're looking at getting more guys in, but they've got to earn it, and they haven't earned it yet. I, I mean, it's I, it's probably not going to change. Here's, here's what's interesting to me, is not does Sam Horn get a series or do they have a package for Tyler making, because those things are certainly possible. What I'm more interested in is, whether it's for one play because his helmet pops off or whether it's for extended time. Cause he gets hurt who plays quarterback. If it's not Brady cook. Cause I'll be honest. I still think it's Jack Abraham.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, the thing is there's a reason each of them could play in that scenario. I mean, Abraham has the experience, uh, Making knows the playbook. I and and, but Abraham is clearly the second stringer,
0: at least in the first half of the that's, season. That's yeah, that's what it
1: seems like. And then also Horn obviously has the most upside. But then I, I don't know. It depends really what they're trying to do with this season. It depends right. what happens if Cook got hurt and winning the game, and he got hurt in a lot of different factors. But it yeah. probably would still be Abraham. And, and look, I like. I want to be clear. In no way am I rooting for anyone
0: to get hurt. Right. But I am wildly intrigued by who would go in at quarterback if Brady Cook got hurt in the late first quarter against Fan. Because I don't know, but my guess is Jack Abraham. Uh, David Carnell says Mizzou needs to run the score up. They need to score as much as possible and build all the confidence they can. And look, in utopia, man, that'd be great. Like, trust me we would love to be sitting there at halftime and it's 35 six and we can start writing stories and we'd be home by 9 30 for the late, for the end of the night games no question Missouri just needs to win man like they should win this game and maybe they'll win it comfortably but again they're not good enough to just think okay well we know we're gonna win this game let's name the score I, I don't care if it's six to five Missouri just has to win a game.
1: Yeah, I said uh in the notebook that came out yesterday, they or earlier today, they can't afford to overlook any opponents. So they can't afford to think this is in the bag, similar to what you said. They've they've gotta they have to run up the score. They need to get all the confidence built up like, like uh you know David is saying before they go into SC because you what you say? This is the, the, the game for the 13th place. Mm-hmm. Imagine, imagine losing to Vanderbilt. Or imagine it being a 6-5 to game going to South Carolina. You might as well be tied for 14th place, even if you win.
0: Well, and because if you lose to Vanderbilt, like I can still, sitting here today, I can paint you a path to six wins. Now, I may not believe it, but they can beat Vanderbilt. They can beat South Carolina. They can beat New Mexico State. And Kentucky and Arkansas on the right day are beatable teams. Like I'm not saying it's going to happen, but you can see a world in which it happens. If you Whoa. lose to Vanderbilt, that world has been blown to bits. It's gone.
1: Okay, I thought for a second you were saying even if they lose to Vandy. Oh God, can no, see no. Until, oh, okay, <laughs> I,
0: right. if if you lose to Vanderbilt, I can't paint a path to four, much less six.
1: Oof. I how does that how does that change your interpretation of if this was a a progressive season, if they finish, you know, three and nine, four and eight, like, how does that change? Do you think it's still a progressive season because of the strides they made defensively or?
0: No, look, I said at the beginning of the year, tangible progress is a winning record. Like I, I don't care if they get to six and six, this is a, this is lateral. Nothing that can happen in this season almost tells me this was a step forward from here on out. And like, people will say but if if they can get to six and six it's four and two in the second half well you know the reason that is it's because of the schedule it's not because you know you're necessarily like this season to me at this point there's almost nothing that can happen that tells me i know going into next year they're on the right path uh but there's still some things that can happen that tell me i know they're not so that's that's what we're hoping not to see uh Cameron says, Vandy's defense is awful. Shouldn't be afraid to get Macon or Horn a series. And I get it, man. I really do. I just, I I don't have any indication or thought it's going to happen.
1: Uh, and this I mean, next- I,
0: could, I could see a package for Tyler Macon maybe, right? Where you're like, hey, we've got a set of plays. We're going to put him in in the red zone or on third down or whatever. Like, I can see a but I don't see any situation where he's going, okay, first series of the second quarter, we're going to this quarterback.
1: Yeah. First off, I just want to express my frustration when I seen him in versus Florida to take a delay of game. That just annoyed me differently. Um, (laughs) Yes, they have different packages and are actually willing to use him. Cool. That's great. I do think something as far as other players who are typically not getting playing time, like, Something that may become a factor is, is these penalties, these tackles for loss and how that chews up the, the game clock and how much they got to do more to get the first downs. There's not going to be as much time to experiment because mm-hmm. a lot of those penalties and tackles for loss is technique issues, scheme issue, coaching issues that drink said. So they're kind of still shooting themselves in the foot. So they have to solve those problems before they can start thinking, hey, we want to get this guy in and this guy in.
0: Yeah, David's asking if Mizzou scores on defense this week. I think they need to get used to scoring on defense to help the offense. And like, look That's that, terrible. right? That might be the most logical path to winning games. Mm-hmm. But your way to win games going in cannot be okay. Our defense needs a touchdown. Like Wait. that doesn't work, man. That's not good
1: football. The the only thing that that uh, Mizzou can hope for and 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 somewhat expect is the way they play Georgia they can have that again, or the way they held Auburn in the second half, they can have that again, that's as much you can. Yeah, you can't expect pick sixes and fumble returns and all that stuff.
0: Yeah, totally agree. We've got kind of a, a bunch of comments along the same line, and uh, AU Stock says, how does Mizzou give hope to the fan base for the second half of the season? I mean, it's, it's win games. I mean, whether it's three it, – it's clearly beat Vanderbilt, beat South Carolina – beat new mexico state that's like at a minimum that gets you to five and seven and while while i won't view five and seven as a reason for hope or tangible progress there will be people in the fan base who will convince themselves see we got better here's why man we're gonna be better next year
1: yeah that i mean you made the point also uh I don't think they've had a winning streak this year, have they? No, nope, they didn't. There was one no. week one and week three. So yes, getting a little winning streak going and beating uh, Vandy and then was it? is it SC or South Tennessee? Carolina's next week? Yeah, yeah. They it'd be great to string on a couple of wins,
0: and because that would get you to four and four, and then like you can realistically talk about a bowl game. Uh, Kyle R says, most important factor in this game. I know you probably haven't written your preview. You'll do some keys to the game for Friday. I mean, anything that sticks out to you?
1: Brady Cook and this offensive line, they need to abuse this pass defense. Like a 130, if there's 131 FBS teams. I mean, and 129th in total defense, I mean – off, whether if the passing game for whatever reason isn't working, then Nate Pete should have another hundred yard game or Schrader should have another, you know, 90 yard game. They they've got to do something and they just gotta find a way to put up points. I'm not really worried about what the defense needs to do. I'm sure they'll hold up their end, but they've got to move that ball.
0: I'm gonna go first 10 minutes of the game. Missouri's gotta have a lead. Like if you do this. Three and out, pick six, and you're trailing Vanderbilt 10-0 with five minutes left in the first quarter. Whoo, boy, there's going to be some booze for O'Field. Oh, on homecoming. It's homecoming, too. Uh, First 10 minutes, like, you've got to – this team needs anything good to happen. They can't go into the fourth quarter in a one-score game because if they go into the fourth quarter in a one-score game, I promise they're all thinking what you and I are going to be thinking, which is – I actually saw somebody tweet this at halftime in Gainesville last week. Somebody uh, that covers another SEC team tweeted, I can't wait to see how Missouri loses this game. Like I wrote a a story based on Missouri losing in a tie game at halftime because that's how confident I was that they were not going to win that game. And so if you go into the fourth quarter in a one-score game with Vanderbilt, every single person in that stadium and that sideline is going to be going, how are we going to blow this one? So don't let it happen. Just get out to a get out to a good start. Lead, have a two score lead at halftime. It, it's allowed. I mean, I I know it seems weird, but it is actually by rule allowed to be ahead at halftime.
1: Yes, yeah, so it definitely needs to be. Though I was looking at the rook, I was looking at the Abilene Christian uh, box score stuff uh, again earlier today for for this notebook, and I remember you and I were talking during that game and saying like. It just feels like Abilene Christian, they're moving the ball better. They just can't finish the drive because that's when the talent comes in. But it felt like they were moving the ball better. I think they got out to like a 3-0, 3-0 lead. And they actually stopped Missouri in the first couple possessions. So mm-hmm. it it has to be tangible process in the way that it also looks to the eye, too. It can't just be – Oh, well, it's 14-3, and yeah, that's good, but can it be like a dominant 14-3? Can they get a first-drive touchdown for once?
0: I'll be honest, man. I'd take 14-3 if it was seven safeties. That'd be – be, all right. Uh, we'll, we'll finish up a couple, couple last ones here. Uh, Michael says Burden needs to sit until his ankle is 100%. Totally agree with that, and, and Eli said yesterday it was questionable. Any word on Lovett's status? I mean, Eli didn't mention Lovett and in the injury stuff yesterday, so I'm assuming Dom is fine and he's going to play.
1: Yeah, practice, of course. From the 30 minutes I saw, um, Burden, Burden looked he looked decent. He, he was making. I seen him doing his drills. He, I can't judge what's the difference between 100 and 90, but it did look, you know, like he was off to the side or he was laboring or he wasn't going full speed from what i was seeing same thing with loved it he
0: he wasn't falling down looking like he'd been shot in his ankle which he was last time we saw him
1: yeah he wasn't doing that and he wasn't off to the side in his gear he was participating with receivers yeah. how he's been doing all season so i mean based off of the eye test i think he's available to play now if it's just they don't know if he's 100% and they want to hold him out because they don't think they need him. That's another thing. But could he play? Probably.
0: All right. So we'll finish up with this one, and I'm going to toss this one to you first, and then I'll give my thoughts to, to wrap up. Zay wants to know, in your honest opinion, in the eyes of Desiree Reed-Francois, what is Eli's leash at this moment? So I want to see what you think, and then I, I got a thought
1: on this. You've got you've to be Vandy. I think the leash goes losing to Vandy at home for homecoming. I mean, I don't know your leash worth I think the talk of this year because remember you said something about contract extension to, to show recruits before I think we go from that to in a way that it I don't know this could be his final season if if you so, lose yeah. to, if you lose to Vandy for homecoming, obviously at home. His leash is—it's very, very short, unless he gets a, uh, upset or goes on some type of win streak after this.
0: So you hit my thoughts basically exactly. I was Mitchell and I used to joke all the time before when we did these shows. It's like, dude, we got to disagree on some things because it makes for a better show, right? Like we're starting to think too much alike already. We got to, we got to, we got to have something different. But my answer to this question is, ask me on Sunday morning, because. <laughs> as long as he's beaten vanderbilt like they're going to beat new mexico state if he if they finish 4 and 8 i'm pretty confident he's not going to get fired like i don't he, he is going to go into next year coaching for his job with a lot to prove i don't think there's much question about that even if they get to 6 and 6 i think that's true he got to win next year that that's the thing his job is not in question to me unless they lose this weekend and then We have a conversation because you can't go three and nine with the loss to Vanderbilt in year three and have it not be a conversation. So assuming Missouri wins this game, this is not a conversation I feel like anybody needs to have, but we'll check back in on the post game show Saturday night. And if we're talking about a Missouri loss, I know the conversation we're going to have then.
1: Oh, I that's going to be that's going to be a uh, interesting interesting commentary you got there for the post game write up.
0: Let's hope it's not, right? Let's <laughs> let's uh let's just hope this is like 35-10, everything's good, Sam Horn gets on the field, everybody's happy, and uh and we get to we get to take it easy on Sunday.
1: Hope so. Hope so. <laughs> All right,
0: man. Now, appreciate uh appreciate, it, uh, appreciate it being here, Gerard, Chris Lee. Thanks for joining us. All you guys that watch live uh Before you leave, hit the like button on the show, subscribe to the channel, do all the things that help people on YouTube uh, know that we're on YouTube. If you're listening on the podcast, which I will put up shortly after this, then leave us a five-star review, say some nice things, share it on social media, do all that. More important than any of it, uh, contact James Carlton with State Farm Insurance in St. Louis. He can be your insurance agent anywhere in the state of Missouri or the state of Illinois. Uh, He's located in St. Louis, but that does not mean that he cannot take care of you if you are in Salem or Rolla or Kansas City or Hannibal or any other fine location across the states of Missouri and Illinois. Uh, Home insurance, auto insurance, life insurance. He's looking to save you money and give you the best customer service. Just give James a Call. You can look him up on the internet at Carltoninsurance.net. You can call him at 314 961 4800 Tell him you heard about it on Power Mizzou. He's gonna donate $20 after he gives you a quote to Missouri's NIL collective, Advancing Missouri Athletes. Appreciate you guys joining us this week. Uh plenty of stuff coming in the next couple of days. Drew King is down in Birmingham, Alabama. Got a one-on-one with Dennis Gates today. We'll have SEC Media Day stuff. Gerard's preview of the game is coming up uh on Friday, he's got some more interviews to do tonight, and we'll be there 3 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. So thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you uh, sometime Saturday evening from Faro Field.